Today, you are going to be hearing a sermon from one of our ministers here on staff. We hope this word blesses you, and remember that we love and appreciate your time here. Now, let's hear what the Lord has for you today. Shout a praise. We glorify your name in this place. In Jesus' name. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time, this opportunity to be in your presence. We pray that you would speak to our hearts, speak to our lives. In the name of Jesus, we all say amen and amen. Before you sit down, high-five your neighbor and tell him it's good to see them here this evening. Turn to your other neighbor that you didn't pick for the first time and tell him it's good to see them too. All right. So blessed to be here. And um, man, this stage looks really nice. How many of you love this stage up here? Golly. Looks so nice. Light is bright, so I can't see you. I was like, man, this light is bright. Need my sunglasses. I'm probably glowing on, on YouTube. Huh? It's all right. Good to be here. Let's get right into the Word of God. How many are, are ready for the Word of God today? Turn your Bibles over to the book of 2 Kings chapter 4. And um, I want to speak to you on the subject, Restored to Life, and I call that because I think for a lot of us in, our, in this room here today, we've, we have come to a place of our lives where we, we want God to move in our lives. And I don't know about you, have you ever been in a place where you were unexpected that God just showed up in your life? Only one person. Okay, let me explain that to you a little bit. Sometimes our, our dreams and our hopes is that some of us in this room here, we've maybe been serving God for a lengthy time or maybe you're new to Christ, but there's probably been a time in your life where you just gave up all hope on a situation in your life. Maybe you stopped giving up on, on praying for your kids. Maybe you stopped praying for your wife, a loved one, even stopped praying like, you know what, things aren't going to get better, but Maybe there was a miracle that just took place in your life and God showed up in a supernatural way that you didn't even expect it. How many of you ever been there before? Now you understand what I'm talking about. And sometimes in our lives as we begin to submit ourselves because I believe in my life that I want God to take me into a greater perspective of where God wants to take me in my life. I'm still growing. I'm still learning to this very day. I, I don't stop learning. I still ask questions to pastor. I still ask questions on how I can improve uh, in, in many things in my marriage as a father. And even as a preacher, I don't ever say that I, I made it to the, the point where uh, uh, that, you know, that's where I'm at. I, I always believe that I can grow in many different things. Now, when you begin to look at 2 Kings chapter 4, 
This is a beautiful passage of scriptures that deals with one of the hardest realities and, and challenges that we all face in our life. And I feel very strongly in my spirit that there are some miracles that God wants to do in people's hearts. Uh, there are some miracles that God wants to do uh, as you begin to listen up and begin to listen at this. Uh, I pray that you are encouraged. I pray that, that your, your mind and your mind begins to come back uh, from a different mindset. Maybe you're uh, at a discouragement point of your life uh, or a failure or disappointment, uh, but we're going to believe that God will restore your life. I'm in the, this place of of teaching our young adults, and I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago when I, I ministered, is I'm really founded on resurrection and being restored. Because I really believe that we need to be resurrected and we need to be restored because God is coming back very soon. So let's go to verse 8 in 2 Kings chapter 4. I have a lot to read, but we'll read in between. But let's start with verse 8. And it says, one day Elisha went to Shuma and a well-to-do woman, a well-known woman, was there who urged him to stay for a meal. So whenever he came by, he stopped there to eat. She said to her husband, I know this is the man who offers to come our way, is a holy man of God. Let's make a small room on the roof and put a, a bed on the table, a chair and a lamp for him. Then he can stay there whenever he comes uh, to us. One day when Elisha came, uh, he went up to the room and laid down there. He said to his servant Gehazi, call the Shumanite woman. So he called called her and she stood before him. Elisha said to him, tell her you have gone to all this trouble for us. Now what can be done for you? Can we speak on your behalf to the king or to the commander of the army? She replied, I have a home among my own people. Let's stop there for a very moment. As we begin to look at this woman, when you begin to look at what's taking place in the reality of this scripture, we begin to see that this is a, a well-to-do woman, a woman who needed a miracle that didn't, she never said that she needed a miracle. The important thing about this is that as you begin to look at passages before this scripture that we just read here, a chapter before, there is a woman that was a needy woman, a needy woman, a widow. Now we're beginning to look at a woman today who is well to known, meaning that she is a great woman. The King James Version says that she is a great woman, a great woman that realizes that she is providing for the servant. She is doing something in the need for what God's servant needs. But the story story behind it is that there's a miracle that needs to take place in her life and she's not asking for that miracle. 
And I begin to share with you this is because I think a lot of times we come to God, we come to church, uh, we talk to ministers, we talk to pastors, uh, and we begin to understand that, that yes, that God is moving in our lives. We are great. Uh, things are moving. We're, we're settled in what we are and what we are doing. But in the background, uh, you don't realize uh, that there is a miracle that needs to take place in our lives. Uh, I believe with all of my heart that many of us, we come to church. Uh, we have learned uh, that we are great actors, uh, that we know how to fake it to make it. Uh, and I understand that. I get that part. Uh, but there has to be a transparent uh, transparency in our lives uh, that we got to ask for God for certain things. Uh, and this woman uh, is at a place of just helping. Uh, a woman uh, who is just uh, minding her business uh, but wanting uh, to be that great woman uh, to do great things. Uh, this woman was uh, at a pretty good state of her life, uh, but God uh, began to use Elisha uh, to begin to urge and uh, begin to ask uh, what was it that she needed behind the scenes of her life. When you begin to look at this, she urged him, there is nothing that you need. There's nothing that you have to repay me back on. Has there ever been a situation in your life uh, where somebody provided you uh, and provided you uh, or someone, uh, uh, vice versa, and you begin to say, you don't have to pay me back. Uh, just, uh, just do what you're doing. Uh, just serve. Just continue to do. Uh, but she, he is urging, I need to understand something here is what I love about this passage, uh, she didn't do something for God uh, to get something from God, uh, but she got more uh, from God uh, of not even asking or even imagining uh, what could take place within our lives. When you begin to look at this, is that when you look at the scriptures and go to verse 14 and he says, well, she has the, the servant began to ask, okay, is there something that we can go ahead and give her? Is there something that we can do? We see in verse 14, he says, well, she has no son. Her, they haven't bared a child. In verse 15, he says, Elisha says, uh, call her over here. There is something that we got to begin to ask. There is something that we need to understand here that is taking place in her life. I want you to understand as we begin to come to church and we come to a place of our lives, sometimes in our lives, as I mentioned just a little while ago, we are, we are so tuned to not seeing a miracle that we're okay of being barren in our spirit. We're okay of being barren uh, of what is not taking place in our marriage. Uh, we are okay of being barren uh, of not seeing results in our children serving God or not coming to church. Uh, we're okay with that because we lived with it for far too long in our lives. Uh, but I'm here today to tell you, uh, as we begin to learn something in this scripture, uh, we begin to learn something about what is taking place uh, 
is that uh, God will always uh, want to show up uh, in a different way uh, where he knows that needs to take place within your life. Uh, God knows what we need. Uh, God knows uh, and sees every future of our lives. Uh, he sees the future of your husband, the future of your children. Uh, he sees the future of your life. Uh, so God is saying to you and I today, uh, just don't take uh, what you have. Uh, just don't take uh, and say, okay, well, I'll be barren all my time. I'll have addictions all my life. Uh, I'll be messed up all my life. Uh, no, uh, you don't have to settle and be that way. Uh, God is here today to tell you uh, that your life can be restored. Uh, it can be restored in a whole uh, different way. What I love about this is that calls are over and it's not about her wanting something all she wanted to do was provide for him all she wanted to do was provide a room for her but all of a sudden in the scripture the scripture begins to say that he tells her that in about a year next year from now you will hold a son in your arms well wait a minute this is not what I asked for the woman begins to beg and tell and urge him, I'm good, servant, I'm good. I don't need a son. I don't need a baby. I don't want what, you, what you're trying to give me. I'm good. I'm the good woman. I think a lot of us like this woman. God wants to give us so much, but we're nervous what God wants to give us. Let me say that again. You know that there's more promises for your life. There's more potential for your life. And you stop praying because you know that you know inside your heart that you should have more, that there's more promises for your life, and you hide behind it. There is a blessing that is about to be birthed into this woman here. But if you begin to think about this, she's saying, I'm good. I'm good cooking for you. I'll make whatever you want. Uh, you want enchiladas? Uh, I'll do that for you. Yeah. You want carne asada? I'll do that for you. Uh, don't promise me something that I'll be disappointed in. See, I think a lot of us, we've been disappointed somewhere in our Christianity that we stop asking God for a miracle. We got disappointed because there was not a healing. We got disappointed because a miracle didn't take place. We got disappointed because something didn't take place within our lives. Uh, so we stopped asking for something in our lives. Uh, but God is saying, uh, it is in my timing that miracles take place. Uh, it is in my timing uh, that things begin to take place within your life. And she begins to say, I'm good. The thing that made Elijah so effective for God uh, is that he had the Ability to go beneath the surface of what she was facing. Elisha did not stop when the woman says, I'm good. He didn't stop. He said, oh, there's something deep down in her that she always wanted. She just didn't confess it. She just doesn't vocalize it. And I'm here today to tell you, you may not be vocalizing that you want a miracle or a breakthrough in your life, but God is looking 
deep down in your heart and he is saying, I know you want that miracle. I know you want to see results. And all you got to do is accept it. This woman was fine. She was great with it. In fact, it's the best treat of understanding is that she was good. But all of a sudden, uh, he says in verse 16 about this time next year, you'll hold a son in your arms. Uh, this woman responds, no, my Lord, uh, don't mislead uh, your servant, old man of God. She is bold at that very moment. She is rejecting a blessing. She's rejecting a miracle. And I get it. If you've ever been there before, if you've ever been in a situation in your life, uh, if you've ever been disappointed, uh, if you've ever been let down, uh, you would understand what she is going through. You're at a point of your life. You're like, God, no. Uh, I've seen what happened before. Uh, no, God. Uh, I've seen uh, all the prayers that I did, all the fasting that I did. Uh, it never took place. So you can begin to feel what she is going. And what I see in this woman, her response is deep-seated disappointment that, that has taught her to detect and deny the possibility that there's anything pertaining to this particular moment that she never wants to be disappointed in what's about to take place. She learns and says, don't mislead your servant. She responds with the objection. She responds with an objection of saying, no, I don't want what you've given me, God. I don't want it. I'm here today to tell you that some of you, God has begun to speak into your life that you will be a preacher. You will be a teacher. That you will be a man of God, a woman of God. But some of us are running. We have put an object in our lives. And we have protested what God is doing. And this is what she's doing. She's protesting against what is about to be spoken into her life. And I wonder, just looking over our church, uh, what internal protests uh, have become your natural response uh, to the promise of God? Uh, what has disappointed you uh, in life where you don't want to go back to what God had promised you to be? You think about this woman. This woman responds to him with an objection. Say, no. She pushes back on the promise. This woman isn't responding with a no because she doesn't want a baby. You know deep down inside, she wants a baby. There's no doubt in my mind that she wants a baby. There's no doubt in my mind that she wants to hold a baby in her arms. What woman wouldn't want this? She does want it. She just doesn't want to be disappointed. And God is making ways for your life, opening doors for you. And the reason that you're not walking into them uh, is that you have uh, an object uh, of uh, that opportunity of misery and disappointment. Uh, and you have uh, put a door in front of God where God wants to bless you. She says, don't go there with me. Don't go there. But what I love about God 
when we tell God no, he always comes with what? A yes. God doesn't listen to her. God doesn't go ahead and take her response. Uh, It says a year from now, she would bear a child. Uh, Now, I need you to picture this with me uh, because now all of a sudden, uh, she has to go ahead and tell her husband, uh, okay, the servant spoke to me. Uh, We're going to have a child next year. Uh, And man, if I was the husband, Phil, I'd be like, girl, uh, that's what I'm talking about. Uh, Are you ready tonight? We're going to have the kid tonight it's all on tonight (laughs) this is a moment now where I don't know if she was the one that couldn't have a kid or if he was the one I'll keep it there Because the fact is, now she has to go to her husband. Her husband is at a point like, okay, girl, let's make this happen. If that what the servant said, let's go. I'm ready. Uh, Let's see if this works. Uh, I mean, if he prophesied over you, let's go ahead and do it. Uh, And it says the next year, the woman became pregnant uh, and gave birth to a son, just as Elisha had told her. Whatever it was, it worked. Now she's full of excitement. She's understanding, wow, okay, this is good. This is great. We've heard sermons where this is where probably a lot of preachers stopped right here. Got pregnant. Rejoice. Here we are. This is great. You see, you're, you're barren, whatever it is that you're barren in. God can restore all that. God can take it all away. God can give you something. There's blessing. You can be fruitful. There's all this that takes place in your lives. But the very thing that she was scared about, traumatized about, is that we understand as Christians, we know that when God gives us something, God can take it away. And it's the very truth of you ever been there before. I mean, uh, if you're gifted, you're anointed, uh, you're anointed. Uh, and I've told you many times, I tried to run from my calling. I tried to run from what uh, God had called me to do. Uh, but God stopped me in the tracks uh, and said, uh, no, I'm not done with you yet. You see, I was at a point in my life where I got disappointed. I got hurt. And I wanted to say, you see, God, why did I go this far to be hurt? hurt and this is exactly what we begin to see now it says now in verse 18 it says the child grew and one day he went out to his father and said my head hurts and he said to his father his father told the servant carry this baby to his mother and after the servant uh, had lifted her him and carried him to his mother the boy sat in her lap until noon and then he died we were just reading a little while ago that God 
birthed a baby, something that she not didn't want, something that she did not want to be disappointed. How can you be at a place where God blessed you with it? You raised this son, you be with this son, you rejoiced with this miracle, but all of a sudden, all of a sudden now, everything that God given you, it's gone from you. That's a tragedy that many of us live in. There's a tragedy that we live in uh, where God has given us something uh, and something uh, is ripped from us. You know what it feels like to live in a dream and have the dream and all of a sudden the dream taken away. It's an ugly feeling. And that's the feeling that you begin to say, I don't want no more. I don't want no more blessings. Uh, Could you imagine what is taking place now in this woman's life? Uh, Oh, but man, uh, she said, forget this. Uh, Oh, he's not going to die this easy. Uh, If this servant prophesied over me, uh, if this servant uh, came after me and told me that I would bear a child, uh, you better bring that servant back to me uh, because you're the one that prayed over it. You're the one that made it happen. Oh, I'm not going to take his death and say that this is the final notice. Not every day you wake up and things are full of sunshine and rainbows and waterfalls and blessings. I don't know who I'm talking to, but some of us have been there. One battle after another battle, a battle after another battle. It's like, when are you going to stop, God? When are you? I'm God. I, I learned from the last one. No, you didn't. When you read this story, when I first read this story years ago, I'm like, what the heck, God? How do you do something what is even the point of all this uh, i mean uh, i mean i know there are parents uh, where you're like why did i even go through all of this uh, why did i even go to church for my kids uh, where they turned out to actually be a mess uh, why this woman has learned something through this fulfillment of promises that I want to share with you as, we, as I begin to wrap this up because this is, I know it's not a story that we want to hear. It's not a story that you want to begin to, to begin to understand because I, I begin to think about this. We, we hear the glory of encouragement. We hear that. Uh, but could you imagine if this would have happened to you? It's ugly. It's an ugly feeling. But what I love about this woman She was persistent before, and she's persistent again. This woman has learned something, and I'm here today to tell you, I think, uh, to somebody who has something in your life uh, that God has promised you something uh, that died on you, uh, and you're still wondering, uh, why do I even bother? Uh, Why do I even try? Uh, Why am I even here? Uh, Why did I even pray? Uh, Why do I even waste my faith? Uh, I'm here today to tell you, uh, you are not wasting your time. You're not wasting your faith. You're 
not wasting your prayers. Continue to pray. Continue to stay fast. Continue to give it to God. Everything is in God's timing. And I've learned this, is that when tragedies happen and disappointment happens, all God is doing is teaching us something. Sometimes he just has to rip away people that you love and people you thought care about you to be removed from your life so that God can elevate you, so that God can take you to higher grounds. The Bible says in verse 20, after this servant had lifted him and carried him to the mother, the boy sat there in her lap at noon and died. She went and laid him on the bed of the man of God, and she shut the door and went out. What's crazy is that in this moment now, she's like she refuses to accept the death of her baby. She refuses to accept uh, what is taking place in her life. Uh, and how many of you, uh, how much uh, do you love your child uh, to accept uh, that they're not serving God and continue to pray? Uh, how much do you care about your spouse uh, that you continue to pray for your spouse? Uh, how much do you care enough for your relationship uh, to continue to be persistent in what God can do in your life? Verse 22, as my piano player comes up, she called her husband and said, please send me one of the servants and a donkey so I can go to the man of God quickly and return. She doesn't even tell her husband that he's died. The husband doesn't understand what's taking place. He says in verse 23, why go to him today, he asks. It's not noon moon or the Sabbath. It's all right, she said. Really what she is saying in her own translation, let's just get on this donkey and let's go. We're wasting time. Verse 24, she settles the donkey and said to the servant lead on and don't slow down for me unless I tell you you catching the story of this bold woman from day one of reading from her the verse she is bold she urged and she begins to say uh, and she said uh, she sent out and came to the man of God of the, of the mountain uh, and when she saw her at a distance the man of God said to her servant Gehazi look there's the Shumanite woman run to meet her and ask her if everything is alright is your husband all right? Is your child all right? Is everything all right? And she said, everything is all right. In verse 27, when she reached the man of God at the mountain, she took and holded his feet against Hazai, came over it and pushed her away. But the man of God said, leave her alone. She is in bitter distress, but the Lord has hidden it from me and has not told me why. Did I ask you for a son, my Lord? She said. Didn't I tell you? 
Don't raise my hopes up so high. Literally, she's telling the servant, she said, didn't I tell you years ago? Didn't I tell you before that I didn't want a son? Didn't I tell you I didn't want this? All I wanted to do was serve you. All I wanted to do was provide for you. And now look what you have done. I've rejoiced. I was happy. But now all of a sudden, something that you have given me is gone. Elisha said to Gehazi, tuck your cloak into your belt. Take my staff into your hand and run. If you meet anyone, do not greet him. If anyone greets you, do not answer them. Lay my staff on the boy's face. But this child of this mother says, oh, no. No. I don't want some little, some little rinky-dink new disciple. I want the main pastor to come have you ever been there before you called the church and i want someone to go pray for my so-and-so no 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 don't please don't send just don't send just don't send phil no disrespect you're just there i want the man I want the main pastor to go. And as surely as the Lord lives in you, uh, I will not leave you. Uh, so he goes up and follows her. Uh, and he begins to go there. Uh, and the, now uh, the, the boy is not an awakened. Uh, when Eliza reaches the house, the boy is laying there dead on the couch. She puts the boy there. And he went in. Now we begin to look where he went in. He shut the door to pray to the Lord. Many preachers will say, why did he close the door? Many preachers will say, he didn't want to hear all the commotion of, of do this, do that, do this. You know how family members are, right? I believe, like any other man, he was nervous. He was pressured into something that he didn't know what was going to take place. He went in, shut the door, and prayed unto the Lord. He laid the baby there, stretched out his arms, uh, stretched them there, and began to see that his body grew warm. Uh, and Alicia turned away and walked away uh, to the fourth room. And all of a sudden, uh, the boy sneezes seven times uh, and opens his eyes. And Alicia summoned Gehazi and called the Shumanite woman and said, uh, Here he is. She cried and fell to his feet. What do I get out of this? Is this mom, this woman, did not give up. She did everything that it took. She did everything uh, and everything that we took place within our lives. Uh, she said, uh, I know I objected uh, the miracle. I know I objected the miracle of me being barren, that I would have a son uh, in a year from now. Uh, but I am going to object uh, and ask you, God, uh, that you need to bring my son back to alive. Uh, and all of a sudden, uh, God says, uh, I will go ahead and do it. Uh, I overrule everything. Uh, I am the one that created the world. Uh, I'm the one that created the heavens. Uh, and I will go ahead and do what you asked to do. Uh, and think about this for a very moment. 
How many have given up because it seemed dead? How many of you given up that it seemed dead? There's no hope for your marriage. There's no hope for your children. You just have accepted that disease in your life. You just accepted that that's the way that it's going to be. This mom did not accept. She did not accept it. Could you imagine what her attitude was? She told that servant, ride, take me to the place, and don't even slow down. Don't even take a break for this donkey. We're going all the way through. We're going to go all the way over there. Does that mean that every prayer and everything that you cry out to God, that God's going to restore? I can't say that. But I do know that I'm going to cry to God. I'm going to fight and fight until I see results. She went from a place of just being a servant of feeding the servant. She went to a place where they prophesied and said you would have a child. She said, no, I don't want to be disappointed to being pregnant. Now, her son being dead. I believe that she saw a miracle once. If God could do it once, then he could do it again. If God pulled you out of something before, why can't he do it again? If God provided to you before, then why can't he do it again? That's the way I look at life. If God pulled me out of it and God restored what he needed restored, if God placed my feet in a church where I need to be at, then let it be, God. Let me begin to praise you, seek you, and glorify you because you are the one that over turns everything. You are the one that overturns everything. The devil doesn't have a say-so. Our spouses don't have a say-so. The doctors don't have a say-so. But our God has this last word. He is the last one that can restore everything to life. You got to cry out to God and be determined that no matter what you are facing, you give it to God. Stand to your feet. Father, there are some folks in this room. They are barren. And they have accepted to be where that they are at today. There are people in this room today, Lord. They had accepted...